Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today's first reading is probably one of the most powerful and difficult readings in all of the Bible. And yet, it cuts at the heart of biblical faith. Listen now. God put Abraham to the test. He called to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son Isaac, your only one, whom you have, and go to the land of Moriah. There you shall offer him up as a holocaust on the height that I point out to you. When they came to the place of which God had told them, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. Then he reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the Lord's messenger called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he answered. Do not lay your hand on the boy, said the messenger. I know now that you are devoted to God, since you did not withhold your beloved son to me. As Abraham looked about, he spied a ram who was in the thorns of a thicket. He went and took the ram and offered up as a holocaust in place of his son. Again the Lord's messenger called out to Abraham from heaven and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you acted as you did, and not withholding from me your beloved son, I will bless you abundantly and make you descendants as countless as the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the gates of their enemies, and in your descendants all the nations of the earth shall find blessing. All this because you obeyed my command. And so this story has haunted the imagination of people for centuries on end. Now, for us to begin to understand and appreciate the significance of it, we have to go back a little bit before this story in the book of Genesis. There's a story in which Abraham and Sarah encountered three men suddenly. Now, these three men prefigure our doctrine on the Holy Trinity, their God. And so, Abraham and Sarah, next, they go on into this frenzied pace of hospitality. They have the three men sit in a very cool, shaded area. They begin to make a great meal for them. Now, after the meal, the three men are about to get up and leave. And one of them says to Abraham, In one year we will come back, and your wife will be pregnant. Well, upon hearing this, Sarah lets loose this huge roar of laughter. Because Sarah and Abraham are in their 90s. They were never able to conceive and bear children. And yet now, this man is predicting they will. And sure enough, it happens. A year later, Sarah becomes pregnant and she gives birth to a son, their only child. And they name him Isaac. And the Hebrew word for Isaac means God laughs. And so Isaac was a pure gift from God. 
that he gave Sarah and Isaac, and they both knew it. Isaac essentially was Abraham's beloved son, and so they cherished him greatly. Now, fast forward several years. Now God comes to Abraham, and he says, Do you know that beautiful gift of that child that I gave you? Well, I won him back now. And to add insult to injury, God says to Abraham, I want you to perform the sacrifice. Now, we find out in today's reading, it's a three-day journey to get to Mount Moriah, where God wants the sacrifice to take place. So we can only imagine, for three days, Abraham and Isaac are walking together. They're camping out. Isaac is completely oblivious to what's going on. And yet Abraham, I'm sure his heart was torn at looking at a Isaac and realizing that what would happen when they get to Mount Moriah. And yet Abraham, because he had great faith, he did exactly what God wanted him to do. They get to Mount Moriah, he binds Isaac's hands and feet, and he's about to perform the sacrifice when God stops him and then congratulates him, you could say, for his great faith. In fact, he even says he will be the father of faith. Now, this story, I think, should really bug all of us. This story is meant to confuse us all. It's interesting. I read an article several years ago. A bunch of lawyers got together for a mock trial. I forget where it was, whether it was New York or Philadelphia. And they argued. And at the very end of the trial, essentially the verdict came in. And they found Abraham guilty of attempted manslaughter. So how are we to understand this difficult story? Is God toying with us, or is he testing us in some arbitrary way? Well, I think in order for us to really understand this first reading, we have to go back to the story of creation, the beginning of the Bible. Our God is our creator. And so God creates everything, and he gives everything that he creates to us as a pure gift. Realize, God doesn't benefit at all from everything that he's created. Instead, he gives us everything as a pure gift. Now, I've given you that quote before from St. Thomas Aquinas. Aquinas says, everything that we have is on loan from God. Now, you may say to yourself, well, yeah, I kind of understand and believe that. Our, my cars and my house and my possessions, I should share them. That's part of being a good steward for a with others? Okay. Well, take it to a vast, deeper level. Essentially, what Aquinas will tell us, your very breath that you're breathing right now, that's not your own. That's on loan from God. Your very life is not yours. It's a pure gift given to you by God. The thoughts in your head are not yours. They're on loan from God. Now, let that sink deep within our bones. And then in doing so, we can understand. You know, to be a person of faith knows that deep truth, that everything that we have is a gift from God, and then lives it out. And I think Abraham teaches us just that. That's why God calls him the father of faith. And so we see that truth on display 
precisely in this story. Now, there's a problem here. This truth that everything that we have is a pure gift from God is counterintuitive to our society and our culture. Our culture tells us what? Well, we work hard for things, right? And in doing so, we can acquire things. You know, we work hard and we are able to buy a house. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that. We should have a place to stay and live. We work hard and we are able to buy a car. That's okay. That's good. We should be able to travel with safety. Or we acquire maybe vacations and properties, things like that. They're all good. There's nothing wrong with them. They're all gifts given to us by God. We have to realize that. But the moment that we get into trouble is when we have the attitude of, hey, I'm in control of my life. And I worked hard and I've acquired all these things. You get your own. I'm not going to share them. I earned them. Well, that's not the person of faith. And I think that's what Abraham is trying to teach us. Now, why is that? Well, think about it. The older we get in life, we begin to realize all the goods and all the talents that we've acquired will eventually fade away. I'll give you a simple example of this. You know, when we were young, we were young and we were strong and we had a lot of energy and we were good looking and we were sharp as a tack and we're very healthy. Okay, great. But guess what? The more we got older and older, we realized those things gradually faded away. You know, eventually, the older we got, you know, we had less energy. You know, we weren't as strong as we were when we were younger. We were starting to forget things the older we got. Furthermore, the older we got, we began to develop health problems. Therefore, the things that we have eventually fade away, either voluntarily or involuntarily, either by accident or intentionally. And so we recognize, therefore, all the things that we have in our life are gifts from God. And see, Abraham saw that. He understood that and lived it out. That's why he, give, he gives God the greatest possession he has, his beloved son, because he knows Isaac is not his own possession. Instead, Isaac is a gift from God. And so Abraham willingly gives it back to God. And so, in some ways, Abraham is teaching us what you could say, the law of the gift, which is what? Your faith will grow stronger. Your life will be enriched by the very measure you give yourself back to God as a gift. Because we have been given the gift of life from God. See, at the end of the story, Abraham was rewarded by God because of this. Now, don't make the mistake of reading this as some arbitrary way to negotiate with God. We say to God, okay, I'll go to Mass every Sunday like you tell me to. I'll pray the rosary every day, provided you bless me with a good life. No, faith isn't about that or negotiations or deals. Instead, faith is all about living out that deep abiding truth that everything we have in our life is a gift from God. So we do what? We follow the example of Abraham. Give to God your heart, your mind, and your soul, your will, and your intellect. 
What will God do? The same thing he did to Abraham. He will bless what, he has, what we have given him, and he'll give it back to us as a pure gift. He will strengthen it. It's the law of the gift. It's a deep abiding truth that we have to live by. See, when we do that, then yes, our faith will be stronger. Our life will be enriched now more than ever. Friends, we are entering the second week of Lent. Allow this story to sit in the back of your mind and shape and form you in the coming weeks and the rest of your life, recognizing the pure gift that God has given us, and to then, with great faith, allow yourself to offer yourself as a gift back to God. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.